Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. On a somber afternoon, I ventured into my email inbox to find a message from a woman named Lindsay Brisbane. Now, in her email, Lindsay recounted a series of bone-chilling encounters within what she claimed to be Ohio's most haunted residence. And in this eerie house, Lindsay had amassed a multitude of inexplicable experiences leading her to believe that recounting these tales through her podcast, aptly named The Chilling Podcast, was the most fitting approach for everyone to hear her experiences in detail. Now, I had the privilege of conversing with Lindsay, who graciously shared with me some of these extraordinary tales. Now, prior to delving into our discussion... It's worth noting that Lindsay had been plagued with inexplicable occurrences throughout her life. Yet it's her accounts from the Little White House in Kent, Ohio, where she lived with several roommates, that have truly captivated the imaginations of many. Now her podcast, now boasting 13 episodes in its first season, is a testament to the fascination surrounding these experiences. And as of late, Lindsay has unveiled a second season, ensuring that these captivating narratives continue to unfold. Now I won't hold you all longer. Let's dive into these tales of allegedly the most haunted house in Ohio. Yeah, tell me, um, so, so you told me that you lived in the most haunted house in Ohio? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, many years ago, I lived in, geez, you know, I didn't realize it was such a haunted house, if I'm being honest, truly, until I probably started seeing movies like The Conjuring and stuff. And then when I did research on those stories and realized that those movies were highly fictionalized compared to what really happened, and I went... Well, that's kind of like what really happened to us. And if that is considered like fictional, crazy haunting, I was just like, wow. I knew what what I lived through was really terrible and crazy, but it wasn't until many years later and I just couldn't let it go that it really clicked. Okay. Yeah. I think I lived in a really haunted house, you know? Yeah. So like, um, so you say you didn't realize how haunted it was until you watched these movies, right? So yeah. what was about the movies that reminded you about your house? You know, I, so the haunting we lived through, you know, I assumed when most people talk about living in haunted houses, that entities 
move objects, that entities can move people, you know, that entities can do things that we see on TV and in movies. I thought that that was, you know, par for the course in a really serious haunting. And then the more I did research and I and I watched movies and things and realized that doesn't actually happen very often. You know, that's highly fictionalized or dramatized. And I realized, well, that actually did happen. Um, wow. And so then you start to go, wow, you know, and also when you you see fictionalized movies and stories that go into hauntings, um, small details, you know, things that really freaked you out, like in um, The Conjuring, even the hand clapping thing. When you live with a really angry and in our case, demonic entity, you know, they are smart and they really figure out how to scare you. And um, living in that house and all these years removed, you know, that's why I ended up making the, the podcast that I made because I really wanted to get answers, you know, for myself, for my roommates, for my friends. Um, why us? What was in this house? What was happening? And, you know, what was going on? Um, and that's what resulted in the 13 part serialized podcast. So. Oh, wow. So, um, so I'm going to be making, I'm going to just be typing notes so that way I can like kind of bounce questions off and stuff. But um, yeah, like um, what brought you to this house? It was, is this a house you were renting? Were you living in a room? Yeah. Um, did you I own it? Yeah, I can tell you a bit about this. So my roommates and I, there were three of us and we were looking to rent a three bedroom house in a college town in Kent, Ohio. And the issue is, is that in college towns, everything for rent is either a studio, a two bedroom, a four bedroom or a big like frat house type thing. So three bedrooms, you know, did not exist. And so we were desperately searching. We didn't not want to live together. And finally, someone suggested, go talk to this realtor. I know somebody who had luck with her and maybe she can help you find a place. We're there for probably, I kid you not, 45 minutes with this woman saying, there's no three bedrooms. Maybe you guys should consider living separately or just two of you live together, share a room or something because we're never going to find you a place. And... We go, great. Okay, fine. Thanks for your time. You know, we go to leave and she goes, hang on one second. And she goes into this big filing cabinet, opens a drawer, pulls out a manila envelope like we're in some sort of crime television show and says, I may have one house for you and puts it down on the table. And I sat down and I opened it and we looked at the pictures and it was so weird. We had been there for 45 minutes and now all of a sudden as we're leaving, we may have a house for you. And lo and behold, she had a three bedroom house. Um, You know, and when we went to see it, that in itself is already weird. This meeting with her was strange enough, but going to see this house was even stranger because when we got there, the landlords wanted to meet us and we were younger. So I didn't realize at the time that typically when landlords show you a place, they're not um, with you the entire time. They kind of show you around and, you know, and then say, go take a look and let us know if you have any questions. Right. So but in this case, they were like, we're going to stay together. Now, this house is small, like real small. okay? Okay, like, yeah, tiny house. And yet, you know, I could stand realistically like in 
the kitchen and put one arm into what would be the living room and another arm into what would be the dining room. So that's how small this place was, okay? And yet, we're in the kitchen, and if you took two steps, they go, whoa, 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 get back here, get back here. We're not going in there yet. We're not going in there yet. So room by room, they are, like, guiding us around. And I remember at one point trying to go upstairs, and they were like, get back here. We're not going up there yet. And it was just this weird sense of like, why are they doing this? So there's three of us girls and two grown men, probably in their mid forties, all being cramped together room by room. And, and so it was just weird. And looking back now, what I realize now that I didn't realize then is they didn't want us to be alone in the house. Um, and they never stopped talking. They were asking questions nonstop. Um, and I look back now and realize they didn't want us to be alone in any room at any point, and they didn't want there to be any silence. They made sure to constantly be talking. Um, wow. And so it was a very strange, even just seeing the house was odd. But at the time, we hadn't rented homes a lot. Most of us had lived in dorms, so we didn't really have a good frame of reference that this whole thing was strange. Um, but we were just thrilled to have a three-bedroom place. So, you know, the next thing you know, we were moving in. Wow. What sort of questions did they ask you guys when you were doing the tour? Here's the weird thing that I remember the most. I don't know why, but they were asking me the most questions about my parents, my family history. I remember them asking me my full name and being like, what a pretty name. And just asking weird personal questions. What do you study in school? Like, what do you do in school? Do you have a job? Like questions that landlords typically, like when they're showing you an apartment, are not asking you. You fill out a form, one or two questions, you're that's it. They were just chatting and chatting and just asking a lot of personal questions. And again, just not letting us be alone at any time. And there was not a moment of silence while we were in there. And looking back now, I know why. Like, it's pretty clear. So they were trying to like cover up any strange noises, you think? Absolutely. I think that they were covering up sounds. I think they were covering up possibly us seeing or sensing something. Um, But at the time, you know, completely clueless to any of that. Wow. And like, did you have any strange feelings when you walked in the house? Maybe coldness or was there anything off besides the behavior of the people showing the house? So what's interesting is this. So it's taken me a long time to realize that I have abilities, we'll say. And um, I pick up on stuff pretty quickly, like anytime, anywhere. And when I was in this house, I think because I was so excited and um, we were just so thrilled at the opportunity to get to all stay to live together. I And plus, they wouldn't stop talking. You know, it was a weird energy with them anyway. I didn't sense anything. However, Uh. however, on the first day we moved in, I knew it was haunted. Like, officially, day one, my my haunting. You know, in movies, it kind of, you know, reaches a climactic point. And like, slowly, no. For me, day one, night one, it began. Like, my haunting did not escalate slowly it began immediately okay so we got to recap what's happening here the real estate agent who was helping the three young women find a place initially told them for 45 minutes straight that she had nothing available as far as a three-bedroom place but out of nowhere 
She pulls out a dusty envelope to one of her listings that didn't seem to come to mind right away. That not only is a three bedroom spot, but is also a big ass house that seems to be an unbelievable deal. How the hell was this not something thought of earlier? If it's tucked away in the big filing cabinet, I wonder how long the place has been vacant. If it's also such a good deal, why isn't this something to be brought up right away? You would think this would be a deal that many people wouldn't pass on, but looking at the times, this may have been during a time where not every listing was available online, judging that it was in a big manila folder. Also, maybe the agent just has so many listings and is forgettable about specific listings locked away. Now going to the tour of the home. Honestly, I don't know how shit was done back in the day, but every time I have toured a place in Los Angeles at least, most of the time it's with the actual agent. It's hardly ever the actual owner of the place. In this case, they met two guys who would not stop talking and had asked questions, personal questions, their entirety of being on the tour. The guys didn't even let them venture on their own and did not ever want there to be a silent moment. Now, I feel these guys had to have known what was up with the house. I believe they probably tried to show the house off before, but, but maybe weird things have happened that drove potential tenants away. In order to avoid this happening, they decided to mask any strange noise or potential strange sightings by keeping the girls close and masking sounds with their own voices. They would do whatever they could to hide the haunting presence inside the home so that the three ladies can sign their names on the lease. I don't think these guys were asking questions because they were interested. I think it's because they definitely didn't want them to hear anything weird during the tour. Now, I definitely understand things from Lindsay's perspective because besides the strange behavior of the men, the house looked like it could be a good deal, something that they surely couldn't pass up. I mean, imagine having a whole house to you and your friends. You probably would also ignore any red flags as well, or at least they wouldn't be blaringly obvious. I would think, hey, let's just get this place. You know, it seems affordable, spacious, and we'll all have our own bedrooms. And it may be hard to come across this deal again. I mean, it's not like they're going to see these owners very often. And besides, the place can look even better if they put their own decor into it. I can relate to this because I felt the same way when I was looking for a place when I was at USC. Just so many older homes in that area of L.A., but sometimes when shit seems too good to be true, most times it is. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Whoa, okay. So, all right, so night one. How many days, what was the whole process? Did they give any forewarning about this place? Did someone die? Anything? 
so were it's they in, yeah no so you know I ended up working with a historian and and throughout the, my podcast you kind of get a lot of the details but what I can say is that there are so many stories about this home what people think have happened you know it's really a lot of folklore and urban legends and none of it is true but what is true is that people in the community including people at the historical society know this house so it is clear that it is known that it is haunted as the reason why you know people have invented so many stories and reasons but none of them that we could ever find were true wow okay we might have to talk about that later (laughs) Yeah, we're going to dip into why why people are making so many fake stories about that. Uh, so, like, you're pretty much excited. You three are getting a place. I mean, were they... Because I'm just trying to see why they were asked so many questions. What was the point if they just wanted to... If it seems like they wanted to just make money, right? Or, I, I remember her saying... Because when she gave us the manila envelope with the pictures of the house and we said well why didn't you show us this right away she said well the landlords are really particular and i thought oh okay and so when they were asking all these questions i wrote it off as oh they're particular and they just want to make sure they're running to good people and they seem nice enough don't get me wrong this wasn't like two guys who look like lurch from the adams family or something right like they, they were normal looking guys and they were nice enough but the way they were talking and the questions they were asking, I just remember them being incredibly personal questions. And again, at the time, I just didn't think there was anything weird about that. But looking back, I'm like, yeah, I've never had a landlord ask me the things they asked me. And it was just weird. The whole experience is weird. And what's also interesting, the you know, she had mentioned how they were particular. Once we moved in, we could never get a hold of these guys ever like oh, if wow. yeah if stuff went wrong if something came up when i say we could not get a hold of them we could not get a hold of them except for one really big house emergency we had and even then these guys who were so particular about their house neither one came to to help or do anything they sent like a maintenance guy and it took us hours to get them on the telephone like that for that time all other times we could never get a hold of them it was as if they never existed was this like like maybe like property managed at all or how did you guys like pay rent and stuff or I think we just mailed them checks <laughs> you know it's huh. very old school this is a long time ago <laughs> what year man. is this <laughs> this would be back in like 2004 so oh, wow. okay yeah. 2004 it doesn't sound that long ago but that was a while ago that was a while ago <laughs> the internet was like still like really oh, becoming a thing oh. that's how long ago this one happened oh wow okay so uh these guys, I mean, did they seem nice? Were they like just, they weren't odd at all? Like just they, their behavior? They weren't odd, but I just remember the fact they kept us together in a space was was really strange. And where it did get a little weird was we went to go to the basement, which by the way, talk about every horror movie you've ever heard. One of the bedrooms had the basement door inside the bedroom. Um because the original half of the house was added on to at some point. They added on what would be the dining room and the kitchen and okay. what would be like the living space. So the original, original bones of this house was essentially two kind of big rooms and a small two rooms upstairs. So my one roommate literally had the basement door in her room. And when we went to see the house, what was weird is there was a basement and we were like, 
great. Like I, this is in Ohio, so we're used to basements, but we were like, great, that's space, that's whatever, let's check it out. And they yeah, were like, space. yeah, and they were literally like, oh no, no, we don't need to see it. It's just a really old basement. And we were like, no, we're gonna check it out. So I remember us kind of forcing the point to go down there. And as we got down there, you could see it was old stone walls. Like one side had almost like gravel dirt uh, or like dirt. And one side kind of had like this gravelly stuff. And we went to turn a corner and they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like, okay, that's enough. Let's head upstairs. And we just had this weird vibe. And my one roommate saw something and she goes, what's all that? And we kind of peeked and it looked like at a glance, like weird graffiti on the wall. But before we could really dwell on it, they're like, let's go upstairs. Well, when we first moved into the house, we immediately, the three of us said, well, let's go look back at that basement. They didn't want us seeing. Let's see what's going on there. And we turn and look at this stuff on the wall. And immediately the three of us, our stomachs drop. And what's crazy about that is my roommate, Amber, um, she doesn't really, at the time, she didn't believe in paranormal, ghosts, God, I mean, anything. She did not believe in anything. And wow. my and my roommate, Reba, is a really level-headed person. And like I said, I'm probably, I have abilities. And yet the three of us with three completely different backgrounds, vibes, and feelings took one look at the graffiti on this wall and we all just felt our stomachs drop. And I remember Rebecca saying, does that look like satanistic like does that look like occult stuff like what are we looking at and I looked at it and thought I've never seen anything like this in my life and what it reminded me of it's been a long time but if it wasn't like somebody drew a pentagram right it wasn't like somebody who's like into heavy metal or even like somebody um who's like into witchcraft or something was like oh yeah i'm gonna just like put up a pentagram or something you know spooky or cool or whatever instead it looked like something ancient like something i don't know like the blair witch would draw like i don't know it looked really old and very ominous and not like anything i had ever seen you you took a picture of the it's a it's available on your site right no pictures unfortunately the weird part is so i have a few drawings and a few photos from people that have lived there more recently but the house was so haunted this is also what's so crazy we kept nothing from the home and that means pictures as well we literally as a group of friends moved out went through our photos and for the most part everything that was taken in that house was thrown away and even when we moved out we got rid of everything we could that we did not need to take with us i mean when you think of a bad haunting that's how you know it's a bad haunting and what's crazy about this graffiti is that i wouldn't have dared to take a picture of it like you know back then like i was terror like looking at it made you unsettled it was uncomfortable and as soon as we all saw it and went there's something wrong down here i just remember us saying okay we're gonna make it a point to never come down here again and we just said up we go and let's never come down here again okay uh, I w- i'm kind of do you have a picture like a draw the drawing of it on hand or no but the best way i guess i could try to remember it it was a big circle um and in the center it was like 
faded and weird, like a weird shape. And around the edges were like symbols. And the closest thing I could get to naming what it looked like, sort of, this is incredibly a loose interpretation, but we're going up here. There's something called the Sigil of Bathmet, I believe it's called. And it's the symbol for the Church of Satan. So, you know, not necessarily because a lot of people say Church of Satan doesn't actually worship the devil. That's fine. But if you're looking for a frame of reference, the Sigil of Bathmet is kind of the closest thing I could come up with. And I worked with demonologist Michael Salerno, and he, you know, without me telling him that, I told him kind of the interpretations I had, and he said the same thing. So it had kind of that vibe, but imagine if somebody from like, I don't know, like BC times drew this thing. It just did not look modern or normal or even like anything that a person would have done. I don't know. It looked so odd. It looked ancient, you know? And and you said you guys looked at it during the tour or was that the first day of the house, uh, first day of living there? During the tour, I think Rebecca kind of saw it and they made us kind of get out of there before we could really look at it. And it's uh, it, and it's always bothered me because it's like yeah. they're very particular about the house. And if I own the house, I'm going to tell you, I'd paint over that thing immediately. Like I would never leave that down there. And what okay. I can conf- and what I can confirm for you guys without giving up too much away about the story is it's still there. Like I have confirmation that all these years later that graffiti with that whatever it is is still there and my theory is much as we felt that we never were able to take a photo of it because who would want to it just made you unsettled i now am like maybe the people who own the house feel the same way like they just can't paint over it like it makes them uncomfortable like just don't touch it you know what i mean yeah the the house that has current residents right now as far as i know yes Mm mm-hmm so that would mean you probably can't disclose the address of the house, right? Yeah. And, you know, people always want to know the address. It's funny. There's Reddit forums and people who have come up with all these houses they think is it. And unfortunately, people pick the wrong house. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, other stories about this other house. People on Instagram send me photos. Oh, is this it? And I laugh and I go, no, that's the house everyone thinks it is. You know, okay. this house is unassuming. You would not assume, oh, that's a haunted house. You know, it's completely normal in a suburban neighborhood um and i will never give the address away for multiple reasons but one of them just being for privacy for people who live there but also because i know what's in that house and what i can say unequivocally is that whatever is there would love the attention and would feed off the energy and the last thing i would want is for people who maybe aren't dealing with it right now because i feel like it kind of goes dormant depending on who's there to suddenly this energy be building and now they're dealing with a demonic haunting um so it's like i'm just not going to give it the satisfaction you know yeah so you haven't talked to the people that live there now right not the people that have lived there now, but, you know, again, not giving away too much, but the last person I spoke with, they lived there about at this point, probably like a year and a half ago, and it is still haunted. Okay. Hey, how was that interaction? Was Did they know that they, like, hear about your stories and reached out to you, or...? 
No, I, you know, I was working on the show. I thought I had found everybody I would ever be able to talk to in regards to the house because funny enough, tracking down people is way harder than you think it's going to be. And then on top of that, if you can find them, a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff. I hit a lot of dead ends. I had people tell me, oh yeah, the basement really creeped me out. Weird stuff happened. And then they never would get back to me again. And I I couldn't use their, you know, stories because they wouldn't talk to me. So I kind of got used to a lot of dead ends. And then suddenly, you know, I'm working on the show. I'm literally finishing the last episode or close to it. And something told me, look again, look one more time. And so I found a name that I had never seen before attached to the house. And I reached out and, you know, usually I have to go kind of slow and I did. But as soon as he said, he was kind of, kind of like, what's this about? And I said, listen, have you ever, when you've lived there, had anything weird happen. He goes, I knew you were going to ask that. Yes, the house is haunted. I know exactly what you're talking about. How did you find him? You know, the white pages, the good old white pages, reverse search, (laughs) you know, and then kind of doubling down and using LinkedIn and Instagram and kind of going that route. Because a lot of people, funny enough, when people are like, oh, like, you know, researching people, it's actually really hard because there's a lot of people with the same name in the world, you know? And even trying to track down location. And some people aren't really active on social media. And I learned that the hard way too. Um, So sometimes it's hard to find people. So luckily I found him. And, you know, what I can say is he definitely confirmed that place is still haunted. Did it give him some, like, kind of closure that, oh, someone's telling me that it's haunted? You know, not just crazy? I think for his case, you know, what I've explained is I consider that there's levels to the haunting, mild, medium, and spicy. And depending on who's in that house, I think will depend on the level uh, to which what's in there is going to come out. And, you know, there are people who have experienced things they will never be able to explain and will probably haunt them for the rest of their lives. And then there's people who've had just really weird things going on. And in his case, it was a lot of weird stuff and stuff that they all felt was haunting, like a ghost or something. But at the same time, it was hard for them to say for sure. So hearing from me, I think was validation for him and his roommates to go, okay, we weren't crazy. Um, place is definitely haunted. We all thought it was. And what we were experiencing seemed like a haunting. Um, but we now know officially. And he just was, a he was like a kind of a guy's guy. Like he was very matter of a fact and just, you know, he didn't sugarcoat anything or, you know, he didn't, you know, feed into anything. He was just very much to the point. And, you know, he's like, oh yeah, it's haunted. Yeah, okay, good to know. And here's what all of what happened that we experienced, which again, wow. their, their haunting was, you know, not as bad as many uh, as ours was, for example. Oh, wow. You think it's like calmed down over the years? I think the main thing is, is that what is there? It took a lot of research, a lot of talking, a lot of reflection. You know, what we're dealing with, I truly, people love to toss around the word demon. I get it. Demons are scary. Everyone wants it to be a demon. I've had a lot of paranormal experiences in my life. What I can tell you is that 99.9% of the time, it is not a demon. I tell this to people all the time. You're probably dealing with residual energy or stone tape theory stuff, or you're dealing with a just a spirit or an, or an energy. And, you know, if a ghost was a grouch in life, they're a grouch in death. It doesn't mean they're a demon. You just might have a grumpy ghost who's slamming doors. You know, demons demons don't slam doors for the fun of it. It's just, you know, I've realized that when you're dealing with something demonic, it's almost like they wait 
and they wait and they and people come and go and they go ah those people are boring it's not worth my time you know they're boring too not really worth my oh now someone moved in now this this is worth my time and so what i think it is is i think it depends on the individuals in the home if the demons can't do anything with you or really interact with you or glean or gain or get something from you, I don't really think that, you know, they're, they're like, it's boring. I don't care about that person. But in our case, I think me having abilities and being very sensitive and just the dynamic of our household, it went, okay, this is perfect. Let's play, you know, and it was just like, this is perfect. And others I did speak to over the years, it turns out very similar things happen. So I think it just depends on the people, the energy, how tapped in, how tuned in they are, how much can they be frightened, what can they do. So I think it just depends on the individuals in the house. Okay, and uh, did he mention the two guys at all, like how he embarked on this house? So there's a new landlord or landlords who are not the original landlords that I had. I actually got to speak with one of them and let him know that his house is indeed haunted. And um, (laughs) what was nice is that this particular landlord, he didn't laugh me off the phone. He didn't hang up. He didn't say I was crazy. He listened. He really, really listened and said, okay. I said, my main thing is I just need you to know so that if you ever have a tenant come to you and say, look, there's something going on in this house, instead of thinking they're crazy, now you know. Now you know, and you know, it's really bad. And he was like, okay. So the new landlords are much younger. Um, okay. And so, yeah. So there's new guys, and, you know, and, We'll see where it goes for them, I guess. And they were and they were completely unaware that it was haunted until you told them? Yes, which I believe. But what was interesting is when I brought up the graffiti in the basement, he pretended to act like he had no idea what I was talking about. And the guys who lived there that I spoke to said, oh, no, it's still here. And they all had the same feeling when they all saw it. They said there's something wrong with that and it's not OK. And it looks like like devil worship, strange stuff. And I thought even with new landlords, they didn't paint it over. And not only that, when I brought it up, he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he knew with the exact basement, the layout, the way it looked, which meant he's seen it. He's been down there. And yet when I brought up the graffiti, this landlord was like, I don't know what you're talking about, which is really weird. That's strange. I mean, it was apparent that he's been there, right? He's been there. He inspected the place. Oh, yeah. And he knew the layout of the basement and what it looked like. We talked all about it. And he was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But he was really nice. He's like, if you're ever in town and no one's living there and you ever want to go in, I'll let you go in and see if that graffiti's still there or whatever you're talking yeah. about. Cause he's <laughs> like, I have no idea. And I was like, okay, cool. But it was just weird. And so, again, I just get the sense the way that that symbol in the basement made us feel the way the symbol in the basement has made others feel i don't think if i was a landlord i like to think i'd paint over it but maybe they get the same vibe and they're just like i'm not touching that you know i am not touching whatever that is and i just don't want to think about it or talk about it we're just going to leave it there you know if given the opportunity would you go back to that house and go visit that graffiti you know i'm my dream now, all these years removed after everything that happened to us in that house, my dream now 100% would be to go back to the house. I would love to go back. I'd love to go back with a team. I know for a fact that it's still there. Um, 
we were near there one time and I got to, nobody was home, but I got to kind of face my fears and peek in the window and I could feel it's, it's still there. And I'm a different person now and I'm in a different place. And I just know that what's there someday will hurt somebody. I, I don't know if it'll make somebody take their own life. I don't know if it'll make somebody take someone else's life. I do know what is there is very dangerous. I do know that without somebody going in and just interacting, getting evidence, figuring out what's going on. And then I'd love to bring in a demonologist like Michael Salerno or somebody to kind of get rid of it. Um, but yeah, if I had a chance to face my fears and go back, I wouldn't a heartbeat. Okay. So yeah, going back, um, man, we're getting deep in this. <laughs> going back to um, the first day, moving in. Yeah. Can you go over what that experience was like and to hear what happens on the first day of the house tune into part two the next episode of the podcast which will be coming out very soon what do you all think about this graffiti on the wall inside the basement of the home how could it go unpainted all of these years what was eerie about this graffiti that Lindsay would not think to take a picture of it Tune into the Chilling Podcast to hear Lindsay's entire story in 13 parts. And now is season two, which unravels even more details. If you have anything to say about this episode regarding what we uncovered so far, I would love to hear it. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Scarecast or email me at Mike at TheScarecast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating and a review and share it to a friend. Please make sure you turn those notifications on so you won't miss part two, which will be out very soon. As always, take care and until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.